0: she recorded live peace and love everybody thank you for chiming in tonight this is of course the brokenness the boldness talk show once again we are live here on deck to bring you another episode of amazing guests um resourceful information and of course um Letting you hear and know the different things that are happening in our community within the d m b and abroad, because we have so much um good so well so many good things happen in the d m b but as well, there's so much good talent in the d m b This show is dedicated to women men and teens that are victims or and or abusers and or survivors um of domestic violence. This month is February, and we're dedicating this month to Teen Dating Balance Awareness Month um, to bring education to you um, about teen dating balance, you know, and and the huge part that is playing um, among girls being abusers. You know, girls are being, girls are turning into abusers now, they're not just victims anymore. These young girls are letting Queen know, I, I'm I'm going to chop my boyfriend up. This is how the conversation that I have with them when we out <laughs> at the schools, and, uh, you know, and if you follow me, you know I go to a number of schools in the D.C. area where I'm chit-chatting and having sessions with young girls and young boys about, you know, teen dating balance. Um, as well as domestic violence and the many tags that it wears. Um, And a lot of times, these children, these young people are seeing these relationships happen right in their household. It's happening right in their household. And so when they get in relationships, this is how they act in relationships. And it's normal. It's normal. Don't beat them up because it's normal because that's what they're growing up in. So we can't, be a teen up or a young child up who's in a relationship and or a young child who may be bullying somebody else because this is what they're seeing in their household. Um, and I get calls all through the night about, and my calls don't just come from grown people, they come from teens too, about how their mother is being abused or how their father is being in an abusive relationship, how they have been up all night. Listening to the argument all night long. You know, this is disturbing and alarming. And, and and you call yourself a good parent or you call yourself raising these children right. You know, some of these parents come to see, I'm raising my child right. And that be the same parent that the child texting me, they fighting again. You know, so you better watch yourself when we at these dinner tables saying that we raising our children right and knowing we in abusive relationships with parents. <clears throat> and abuse don't always have to be with a man or a woman. It could be with grandma and grandpa. It could be with your uncle and your auntie. It could be with two brothers, two sisters. <clears throat> you know, we got young people growing up in households and families where domestic violence is normal. So... I don't know how I'm going to get to their dinner table. They're not going to invite me over to eat. They're not going to invite me over to have this conversation. <laughs> so, excuse me, I chit-chat to the team, and I guess I can get all my information like that from the team <laughs> and just try to help them make it through. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when we talk about the many tags of domestic violence, we're talking about verbal being number one. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, financial abuse, and sexual abuse. All of these I see a lot of times in relationships where domestic violence is taking place. (coughs) So it's not just the physical abuse that goes on. It's it's much bigger than physical abuse that's happening in a lot of these relationships and a lot of the physical I'm sorry, in a lot of these tags are happening in um teen dating relationships as well. You know, they're verbally abusive all the time. That's that's how they talk to each other. They only talk to each other with verbal abuse. That's how they communicate. And I wonder where they're getting this conversation from. I wonder how they're learning to say <laughs> and talk with profanity, being every other word that they say to another person. I'm subject to say that they're learning this from the household, from their parents, from their guardians. You know, I know that's exactly where they're learning it from. Cause they wasn't born into the world to say I'm just gonna cuss you out, cuss you out, cuss you out, cuss. You. The children are not born into the world like that. They learn this behavior just like you probably learned it. So we got to learn to start breaking the cycle. We got to start communicating better. We got to cut out all the cussing and kernel and all of that kind of stuff and really use a dictionary and get some words in it so people can't identify with words and what they mean. So... You know that's my spiel on it. I'm a victim of domestic violence as well as an abuser, so yes, I have plenty of experience with it. My education puts me at the at the greater heights to be able to educate and you know go out in the different school systems and things and, and talk to the teens and abroad, moms and dads, churches, whatever abroad be able to have this conversation, this dinner table conversation with you all. And that's what we're going to have tonight. We're going to have dinner table conversation tonight about, you know, domestic violence. But we got some key guests coming on tonight, and I'm going to be throwing my little tidbits in there about our teens because this month is dedicated to Teen uh, Dating Violence Awareness Month. And we want you to know that it's, very important that we start talking to our teens about this conversation and just letting them say however they feel just letting them say it and uh get their point across when it comes to the conversation. The more we have the conversation with them, the more educated they become, the better decisions they make. They don't wanna they don't want to get into an abusive relation because he I follow Queen of Feet and I know she told me what emotional abuse looked like, verbal abuse, financial abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Queen have laid these tags out on the line for me. I know what they look like. You see? So that's where I'm headed with the education. You know, I'm, I'm, this education is going to break cycles for people that are in domestic violence relationships and especially our teens. I think we first just got to start, you know, letting our teens talk about it, telling them that it's okay to have the conversation about it. Just listen to what they say. Just listen to how they feel about the whole domestic violence feed. You'll be amazed at, at how smart they are and how they don't want to go through it. They don't want to see their parents go through it. They don't want to live in it. but are forced to live in it because mama or daddy don't want to let go of the other person who's abusing them. Yes, it's hard, it's hard, but you got to put yourself in a position where you're getting educated enough to build up that courage to be able to say this relationship is wearing all of these tags and it's not good for me and my children to break that cycle. If you start putting yourself in the education space to be able to break that cycle, you're going to break the cycle for yourself. Trust me, you're going to break that cycle. I've had to break the cycle for myself. I've had to go back and revisit those tags and know that I'm in a verbally abusive relationship. I'm in an emotionally abusive relationship. I'm in a financial abusive relationship. I had to go back and revisit those tags and study those tags and know that this is happening to me. And this is not something that I want to live in because there's only two places you're going to go, death or jail. There's only two places you're going to end up at. So I'd rather be a survivor of it than be dead or in jail from it. So, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat what's really going to happen to our teen community, and that's what's happening. That's what's happening to our teen communities, and that's what's happening to our adult community who is in domestic violence relationships. Most of them are dying and or going to jail for domestic violence charges. Murder, murder at the end of the day. Somebody had murdered their partner due to the domestic violence situation, the tags that they were living in and accumulate and accumulated, and done in access of their life for an extensive part of their life is done in access. Um, I just did an interview, too, with um Angela Stripling on uh, WHUR. I think I'm going to be running the night at 12 a.m. That interview with me and her is going to be running tonight at 12 a.m., and she talked about controlling behavior. That's what she talked about controlling behavior in relationships. That's going to be tonight at 12 a.m., WHUR, Series XM 141. Uh, I'm going to be on there with Angela Stripling tonight talking about controlling relationships. And y'all know I hate to talk about the abuser side, you know, because ain't nobody talking about that between of feet and Chris Bond. We're the only two talking about the abuser side because that's the only way we're going to end domestic violence. We're not going to end. We, domestic violence have not ended this long, and it's not going to end until we start talking about the abuser side of it all. All right? So I'm going to get my girl Tia on because she's our guest here tonight, and she's holding the line for another location that she's in. So I want to bring her in. Now, to talk about the fabulous things that she is, she's done, she's already done some great things in the community. She's doing more great things in the community. Um, Tia received her B.A. from Howard University in 2010. After studying documentary film at the George Washington University, she began her career in film production. Tia has worked on several uh, feature films, commercials, TV shows, short films, live events and music videos. I think she done one with um, Wale. We're gonna talk about that tonight too. Um she is featured in the documentary D M V Truth, um, indie film artist, which was nominated for Best Documentary. Oh wow, that's hot. She has served as producer of um she served as as a producer Um, She is excited to uh, team up, once again, with DK Filmworks and producing The Runaways. So that's a new project that Tia is working on. Um, Tia, are you there? Tia? Hi. Hi, Queen. How are you? How you doing, sis? Thanks for chatting in tonight here.
1: No problem. No problem. Happy to be here.
0: Okay, great. So we talked a little bit about, you know, I mentioned some things in your bio. Just give us the rundown of who, Tia, t- where did this all come from? Why, why did you want to go for film at Howard University?
1: Well, I started out at Howard. I'm studying history, and um, I minored in photography. And just eventually just the marrying together of the two, Um, I ended up with documentary film It's something that's always interested me to be able to tell the stories of people, particularly those who um, may not feel that they have a voice or may not currently have a voice um, in, uh, I guess, theatrics. So um, I just always wanted to be a storyteller of sorts, but visually.
0: Mm, So you always wanted to be a storyteller.
1: Yeah. I think oh. their real life is I think their real life is, is really interesting and there are a lot of people out there with stories to tell and um but they don't feel like they either belong, um and mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily see themselves in film, um, they believe that they don't um belo- they don't have a place there. And so mm-hmm. I kinda of wanted to um I kinda of wanted to work and try to fill that gap in.
0: Okay, okay, great, okay. So you were nominated for the DMV Truth. What What is that documentary? Why why documentaries? I mean, because, you know, some people say documentary is just not, you know, um, what I want to say. Boring. Type of, yeah, <laughs> some people would say it's boring. You know, it's not catchy. Documentaries don't often win a lot of awards. I mean, school us on the whole documentary piece.
1: Well, I kind of wanted to change that thinking. Um, I wanted to create documentaries that were as visually appealing as um, the narrative films that a lot of people tend to go out and see. And, in fact, um, over the past few years, documentaries have kind of become that. And we see documentaries, um, I guess, uh, getting more of um, being more attractive and garnering more attention and getting more awards. So documentaries are actually becoming um, quite popular again. I mean, if you think about it, um, we're kind of going towards our thoughts of reality and showing that on TV um, Mm -hmm. as being uh, our main source of well, a lot of people's main source of entertainment anyway. So it's just an extension. Okay. You have worked with
0: Wale on this particular video, correct? Do I have that
1: right? Yeah, um I produced his uh video, MMG Underdog, that was shot in um Shot in DC. Shot in DC. Now mm-hmm. I saw
0: some um some pieces of that of that particular video. What is your motive behind the video that you produce? That one seemed really community oriented. Um you had of course some some really key people in the video along mm-hmm. with Wale himself but what is what is the glitch to music videos
1: um well i was brought on I was brought onto that project to essentially control the budget um or create the budget, control it, and then bring all of the logistics together. The creative insight um came from six um who's a well known um director of photography cameraman in the d c area um, he started out with Cool Kids, so
2: okay.
1: when we came together and we created that film, we knew that that music video we knew, we knew we wanted to be in key places in DC, and then also show key figures because mm-hmm. it's it's the the song is this sense of um, empowerment, particularly mm. among black males,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: um, so when we went when we shot that video, a lot of those people just showed up that was oh. the neighborhood the community coming out and being supportive of Lale. Okay. There were, and it was just it was a lot of love on that set. There were kids out there, people taking pictures, and um they just wanted to stand and watch and we ended up incorporating them into the film because that was essentially um what we wanted what um we wanted the message to be anyway. And it was good to see everybody come together without any issue and just um be really supportive. So it yeah, was an
0: amazing that's experience. True. That's true. That's true. Um, What do we say to our young people out there who are um, who are aspiring to possibly get into film? Because, you know, we don't have a lot of young black children or, you know, young people, period, saying, I want to do film. Most are saying, I'm going to rap. I'm going to be, you know, reality star. I'm going to be this. You know, you don't find out yeah. later on that you want to be behind the camera. But how can yeah. we start inspiring our young people to just go for the camera, go for the producer, go for the director?
1: I think it takes, I think it takes um, people who are already doing it to go back into the communities and into the schools and show them that this is a possibility. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day who told me if he had seen he wants to be an engineer. He, was like, he felt like if he had seen people who were engineers or if someone even told him that engineering was a possibility, that he would have been on that track a long time ago. And sometimes our kids um, don't really know um, all of the options that they have out there um, because they lack exposure. Uh, you know, it, it's hard for a child um, who knows that they like math to understand what kind of careers they could have if they're good at math. Um, a lot of times we only hear about, hey, become a doctor, become a lawyer, um, or mm-hmm. you have the jobs that people work in your family, and you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll do that. But um, we aren't really, ex- we aren't really um, exposing our kids to the various possibilities that they can do. And so when I talk to kids, I always ask them, well, what do you like to do? And then we start talking about, well, you know, if you already like to do this, then these are some of the things that you could, you you could go to college and study this, or you could explore this trade or this field. Um, and right. I think we just have to have more conversations like that.
0: Okay, good.
1: That's good. I like that. I agree. I think
0: that, I think that could open up the door, like you said, just posing it to them as a possibility and having resources like yourself. Come back to the community, which that's actually what you're going to be doing with domestic balance mystery tags, with the right. teen talent showcase,
2: with mm-hmm. coming
0: back to the community, um, and, and 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 giving you know giving back to the children. What is your strategy for the for the grand um, for the grand event on? February? Hello.
2: Hello? Hello? I can't hear you guys.
0: Sorry about that. I got disconnected. How
1: about that? I got
0: disconnected. Here are you did? Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, go
1: ahead. Okay, so Bye. you were asking about strategies for um working with the the teams. At the top. Okay. okay. Um. The strategies. I think the initial thing to do is just to hone in and uh, assess what skills they already have and interests that they have, and then we start mm-hmm. to build up we start to build up um from there. So yep. our kids are very tech savvy these days and a lot of times we don't give them credit for the knowledge that they already bring to the table. We make assumptions about youth that um we we necess- we shouldn't we shouldn't make necessarily. So um I think we start there um and then once we have the skill level assessed and the knowledge and the interest assessed, then we just kind of um Separate them and build off of that assigning roles, and then I'm um, trying to go as deeply into um filming and technique with um smartphones as we can, and the okay. fact that most kids already know how to use one, you know it should be um fairly easy, but also we'll touch on um how to ethically record film when it's mm-hmm. a good time to record film um and then um posting on social media because we know that there are a lot of issues that can happen when we um take advantage of putting things on the internet and um mm-hmm. because we'll post the, the kids can upload during the event we want to make sure that we're also giving them skills that aren't just for that night but are also things that they could take with them you know after everything is over very good very good uh
0: okay and lastly we're Working on the Runaways. I mean, how important the Nitsky. Give us a brief synopsis of the new film, the Runaways that's going to be coming up. What is this all about?
1: Okay, so the Runaways um, is a project that I'm producing along with director, writer, producer Dewey Ortiz, who you guys will hear from in a few minutes. Um, and it's a te- it's a story about two teens who um, are in a relationship, and they both come from uh, very hectic uh, environments. Um, the young girl Kelly um, is in a household where there's an abusive stepfather, and then James is in a um, is in a, a group home. And the the Runaways tells the story of what happens on the day that they decide to run away from um, the abuse and the instability in their lives. Wow. Mm
0: -hmm. And some people will say, you know, we have teens right now who's running away, you know. Um, Why the runaway part? Why is that such, why name the film after that?
1: I think that I think it would be great to hear the perspective Dewey's perspective on it since mm-hmm. um he did create the title for it. but um and, and he has a really interesting story about a song that inspired the title.
0: Okay. Which would okay. be
1: yeah, which would be amazing to hear him to hear him tell it but on the um case of um teen runaways, I mean that's something that, you know, That's garnering a lot of attention. Recently, I think I saw a documentary or a a docu-series on teen runaways um, talking about why they chose to run away and how they're managing to survive. And so I think it's an issue that um, we should probably pay more attention to. Um, And sometimes in certain situations, whether it's teens or adults, people feel like whatever's going on in their their lives is, it's not the best environment for them to be in. So it's not just about the act of them running away, but what led them to the decision um, to leave, and then what they had, what they go through um, after making that decision. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Wow, that's pretty strong. Because some people may look at that film and look at the title and be like, "Ah, uh, no." <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they may think that you know you guys are saying we want the teens to run away, you know, but mm-hmm. we got to, I think, you know, and from my background of it all, it tells a wonderful story. And I, you know, now that you think about it, I don't think I never asked Dewey about the title of it. Why did he mm-hmm. name it that? But um, so do you think the film is going to raise up conversation? Is it going to, um, sort of spank the community to see that domestic violence in households are happening. And just like I just said, teens don't want to live in this mess. It's like they're forced to. Mm -hmm. Would that be the same strategy of the movie, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I think in this movie people are really going to realize that what's up? Some even though, and I think you know when I spoke with you, Queen, before I think you brought this out in your interview that even though you aren't physically hit in a in a in a um, household played by domestic violence, you're still a victim because you witness it. Right. And so when we see the story of Kelly unfold, we see that. And hopefully, people and parents and adults in households who are staying around and think that they're doing they're doing their family justice will understand Mm -hmm. that they're also doing damage.
0: Oh, wow. Great. Great.
1: Thank you for coming on
0: tonight, Tia, with us. We really appreciate you
2: and everything
0: that you're doing. We're so happy to have you as, of course, one of the headliners this year for POP 2016, um, which the great show is February the 27th this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody that's listening in, we are so excited to be able to work with you on this project and just like you said, bring something new, exposing to our youth that, hey, film and producing could be a possibility. I really like how you said that. Thank you for chiming in with us tonight. We really appreciate all the work you're doing in the community.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great show. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah,
0: so you heard it right here live from Tia. Um, and everything that she discussed with her portion in the community as well as, you know, the things that inspired her career as far as film go, um, and just opening up another part and saying, hey, film producing, this whole piece right here could be a possibility for our youth, but it's just as stated, we've got to expose them to it. And that's exactly what, what we're going to do with um the Teen Talent Showcase, we have our workshops coming up this year, and one of the workshops is visual storytelling, and that's going to be a workshop that Tia is working with the youth on, that they're actually going to be using their phones um, to learn how to tell a story. So I'm very excited about what she's doing for us, and not only that with the film that she's starting with The Runaways, I mean, this is a great place to the start in terms of teen dating, balance relationships. We, we're wondering where it's coming from, you know. We're wondering why it's happening. Why our teens come to schools, getting in fights, or they're pretending to fight. They're so called pretending to fight. They're actually fighting, um, but they call it pretend fighting so they won't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> but you can hear the smacks, you can hear the punches, you can hear the kicks. You, you can hear it. So clearly you know that that's a fight. But um, the question, the bigger question becomes where are they getting this from is the huge, 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 huge question. Who should be held accountable for this? Who's raising these youngins to be valid? Because that's essentially what we're doing when we're teaching them in the household or mom and dad is going through abusive relationships, or auntie and uncle, or grandma and grandpa, or um, your brother and your sister. That's essentially what we learn in the house, and so that's what we're teaching the babies. The babies are learning this, and by the time they get 12, they're off the chain. By the time they get 12, they're they punching holes in your walls. They are kicking your door in. They're cussing you out, cussing teachers out. They're going to school fighting students. They're taking knives to school. Some are taking guns to school. They have to change by the time they get twelve. Come on there. Come on there, people. we got to get real about what's happening inside some of these households. The, the, the things that these teens are learning, young people are, yet, are learning at these dinner tables, the majority of them are not learning anything positive. They're not learning conflict and resolution. They're learning conflict and kill. Conflict and I will risk my life and go to jail. That's what they're learning. That conflict means death or it means jail. That's what we're teaching them. And I must step in and impose. I must impose that this is ridiculous teachings that we're teaching our children at the dinner table. I mean, Shoot me in the foot and, and, and call the ambulance for me, but I'm going to keep it a trillion with everybody who's listening in tonight. And wherever you follow me at, you're going to hear what's really going on. So when we talk about this particular film, The Runaways, this is going to set the stage. We tapping into some folks. We tapping into your household now with this film. And, and my question, one of my number one questions to do is, how are we going to get the people out to see the film? That's one of my number one questions to him because they want to sugarcoat. Folks want to sugarcoat everything. And, and and when they see a title like The Runaway, they back away from that. So we're going to talk to him about that in just in a minute. Uh, if you're going to follow me on Facebook, please do so at Q-U-E-E-N-A-F-I, all one word, Queen of Fee. You are live here with me tonight on the Brokenness to Boldness talk show. Um, and of course, this talk show just likes to bring stories of victims and abusers, women, men, and teens, as well as community resources um, and people that are in the community doing things to help change our community and sparking up some conversation, some dialogue in the community about what's really going on, especially as it pertains to domestic violence. Because domestic violence is the topic that lead back to everything. Probably nine times out of ten are what somebody going through emotionally. From an emotional standpoint, it's probably going to lead back to domestic violence, maybe in their upbringing, things that they saw, things that they heard, things that they've been taught in the household or in that environment that they grew up in. Some of this stuff can happen, of course, in foster homes. Some of this stuff takes place, you know, in that whole legal system process. Some of it takes place over auntie's house. Some of it may happen. Sexual abuse happens a lot of times by a family friend, you know. So we got to cover domestic violence, where's many tags organization. We try to cover all of that and don't let nothing slip through the cracks when we talk about domestic violence and the many tags that it wears. Um, So tonight I'm joined by the director CEO and founder of DK Films and the director of The Runaway*, Dewey Ortez, uh, a native of Ohio. He's here in the city now doing great work. Um, Dewey's interest in film started after watching Spike Lee's Malcolm X, which is one of my favorites, um, <clears throat> the Fight Club. And during his senior year of school, Dewey begin to understand fully the power of film. Wow, that's amazing. Dewey attended Howard University. He's a graduate of the School of Film. Uh he sharpened his skills in film analysis analysis. I hope I say that right. Production and screenwriting, earning a masters in fine art film. And you know, he is the director of the runaway. You know, he's directing, he's he wrote it and we're gonna figure out I'm interested in finding out some questions that I never got to ask before. <laughs> of course Queen's been working behind the scenes on the film. Hey Dewey, thanks for joining us tonight.
2: Hello, hello. How are you doing, Queen? Thank you for having me.
0: Right. Thank you, peace and love for chiming in tonight with us. I mean, everything what you're doing and I'm just I just wanna go straight there. I really do. Like I just wanna go straight into The Runaways, because this is extremely important, this conversation that you're going to try to get the community to have. And I'm going to go back to what what I asked the question, Tia. How did we come up with the Runaways? For what? Who does that?
2: Well, a lot of times with the the things I do, um, they usually are inspired by music. Um, and it usually starts with a song, and the song just kind of, I'll hear the song and images will play in my head, and it's, it's my job to kind of to, to create a story out of those images. And so it, it came from, um, there's a song called The Runaways by uh, a rock band named The Killers. And um, its I think it's essentially about running away and, and falling in love with someone. But what I took away from it was this idea of, uh two, two, two teenagers who were um both in a, abusive relationships um uh, in, in different ways but they confided in each other um and they were each other's uh escape. Um and and so it's about them on the on the day they decide to run away uh, from their abusive lives.
0: Hmm. Wow. And so, why? I mean, why? Because you're hurting people with this conversation, you know. We don't talk about this kind of stuff. Okay? So why are you not afraid to have this conversation?
2: Well, I think as an artist, um, you got to be able to really push the boundaries of, of acceptability. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of topics that I'd like to discuss um, with my artistry and my creativity, and I felt, you know, the story unfolded really organically on its own, you know, and, and I put it on paper, but, you know, uh, after, you know, working on it for a while and kind of getting it just right, I just feel like, you know, it's a story. That I think the most important thing that, that is, shouldn't be overlooked is the idea of love and, and black love and um, relationships where... Um, the man protects the woman, um, and and the woman also also protects the man in many ways. And I don't think we see a lot of that, especially with teenagers. And so that's an important aspect of this story too, is showing a healthy uh, teenage relationship. Hmm.
0: Okay. Now, of course, I'm going to back up a bit. You started with the survivor story. Um, how significant has that been in the in the part of pushing, you know, the runaways? These the stories, the four stories of the women that you told are just amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm going to put them on my wall, on my Facebook wall. So you better friend request me, so you can go back and look at these amazing um, survivor stories that Dewey decided to do. How significant are these stories to? The Runaway Project, leading up to this project.
2: Well, I think they're important in that they're they're real stories, and you know, the Runaways is a narrative film. It's of my own creation, but, but before we even get to the Runaways, I wanted to display um, my um, my sincerity in working with the the domestic violence awareness community. Um, and I think reaching out to organizations like yours and, and several others was an initial, initial first step. And then I wanted to use my creative, creativity in a different way and, and tell these stories. And, you know, I went into it not really knowing what type of stories I would get. Um, and then when I talked with each, each woman individually um, in, a, in a pre-interview, um I really kind of understood the gravity of what I was working with and it and it made me realize much more importantly that um I have to respect the subject matter that I'm working with and working on um and I learned a lot about you know myself and and that there were I have witnessed domestic abuse in my life um both uh that well that was right in front of your face and overt but it was realizing that there was a, a, subverse, a subvert, a different type of domestic abuse um, that isn't necessarily uh, displayed with fists, uh, but more with words and also with action. And in hearing these stories and working with this community, I learned that about um, my own life, which helped shed a different perspective on everything that uh, we're working on right now hmm. That's good. That's good. So,
0: what did you find most? Because um, when we talk about domestic violence, not only the many tags that it wears, but we're talking about stories of people. Because the runaways, you're going to tell a story of two teens that are trying to, that are actually going to run away from the domestic violence situations that they're in. Um and then you have the survivor stories that are incorporated in it. What have you, have you seen with the survivor stories and then with the script of The Runaways? Would you change anything right now as far as the script of The Runaways, though, incorporating the survivor stories, you know, because you're working with these women who have very dramatic stories, who have been molested, who have been beat, who have um, come from a background, a household of childhood domestic violence, um, who have come from a family of sexual abuse. I mean, is this story, if the runaway is the runaways going to really shine light to what you can experience and actually, you know, and I know you're going to tell it your own way with the runaways, but, I mean, would you change anything? Would you incorporate anything at this point, given the dramatic stories that you've been telling with these women.
2: Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything that they rec- the, the, that they directly said into the story. But what um, some things have changed, and it's more on the line along the lines of what this person would realistically do in this situation. And so, whereas I've heard real world stories. I get an idea of how people react or have reacted in reality. And so mm-hmm. I'm able to look at my story again with, uh, I guess, a, a sense of fresh eyes, and say, okay, maybe this wouldn't necessarily go this way. Maybe it might go more like this. But I don't, I don't necessarily take actual events and put them in this story um, just because it's its, it's, its own thing. And I don't want to take away from anything those those women said by um, trying to fit it into to something that is, is a little different. But yeah. what it has done is it made me kind of continuously look back at the script for the Runaways and just make sure that I am uh, paying respect to the people that deal with this and work within the community um, And that is something they could um, also look at and and, uh, feel attached to and recognize events um, that have happened in their own lives.
0: So with the runaways, are we going to play this film for our teen um, community, schools, churches? Are we going to let our children watch this film? Or is it going to be some... Backlash from the film because you are essentially uh, stepping on people's toes. <laughs> with This film, which Queen does not have a problem with you doing it, because I'm real, you know. But everybody is not 100 like me. So, mm-hmm. are you prepared for what could be backlash because of the film?
2: Well, I think that's why we're work- we're working. Now, in gaining uh, the support of the domestic violence uh, community and the advocacy Mm -hmm. community um, so that that people can see the process um, from conception to um, fundraising to marketing to production to actual post-production and then uh, to actually showing and screening the film so that people see see it all the way through. And that way they're able to, to... Judge it on the authenticity of it, and mm-hmm. i don't I, you know people are always going not everyone is always going to like uh, something you you do something you put out to the universe, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the nature of creativity is being able to put that out, and every time you put it out you' you're wearing your heart on your mind, um, because people are always going to criticize it um, and, and that was the way with my first film um, my first film come up and you know it was people really, really loved it. Um, or people found issue with it. And that's a, and that's okay because as an artist, um, you have to be prepared for that. My goal is, you know, I don't want people to look at this film and say, you don't know anything about what you're talking about. Um, this is inauthentic. That's what mm-hmm. – anything, anything short uh, other than that, I'm fine with. You know, as long as people can watch this and say, you know what, um, th- this is this is an off- – this is an authentic film. But if you like it or not, I think, at that point, you know, it's up to you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean,
2: anything you do is going to be, <clears throat>
0: I mean, especially if you're getting this creative with the conversation given February, February is Teen Dating Balance Awareness Month and we're having this, this great conversation about this movie. I mean, I actually wish that it could be out right now because I'm in the schools right now so it's nothing for me to take this dialogue to the schools and really have this conversation with our youth community about, you know, everything that the film is going to show and demonstrate. I mean, and not to tell too much of the film, but are we going to get folks that are redeemed in the film? Are we going to get, you know, love from the film? Are we going to get um some very specific things that are going to tell us how to break the cycle of domestic violence
2: yes i think i think you're going to see love represented in uh many different ways in the film. you're going to see it represented between two people who um have a genuine um uh compassionate love for one another you're going to see it between you know mother and son and mother and daughter um you either see it with a, a parental figure who isn't necessarily uh, uh, related by blood, but still has concern, and I think that's the idea of the community as well, um, going into to do what they can to kind of rectify any situation situation that deals with uh, uh, abuse in some form. Um, I, I do think that ultimately, people will um, see this film for its authenticity. And without kind of ruining what goes on, there there is some violent moments in the film. And I think that's a reality that we have to kind of understand when talking about um, this subject matter. Um, I just hope that people will be able to see the story we're telling for for what it truly is. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to water it down to where, because let's be honest, teenagers have seen a lot of, Violent things in their Fair lifetime, enough. I mean it's just the accessibility of of pop culture and violence. they can see a lot of things in their young age, and so i I hope that people aren't turned back and saying, "Oh, this has violent elements in it because it's a violent topic that oh. we're talking about you know um, mm-hmm. and so that's the one thing that I always think about, but hopefully um the the story and the overall message um can will overshadow any of that concern.
0: Yeah, that's that's and that's gonna be you know that's gonna be the highlight really of it all but it sounds like a, such an amazing film and I, I I have well from what I've researched and seen um, I have not seen one to this magnitude, especially for um, the teen community. Um, so I'm looking forward to the entire process of the film and supporting the film from all areas, whatever way, you know, that I can support. I definitely want to support the film because it's it's a conversation that we got to help America have. America is... A- Afraid to have this conversation, and, and and some people just don't know how to have it at their dinner table. Some people literally don't know how to communicate this subject. They don't know how to communicate the hard topics. And this is one of the hard topics that we literally need to start having so that we can incorporate better cycles for our children. Like you said, at the end of the day, we get a film where they're demonstrating love. Is demonstrating ways that we can break the cycle for our teen community. I'm I'm grateful for it. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, You're also going to be working with us this year on the teen talent showcase this year, which is February the 27th at the Johnson Memorial Baptist Church. Doors will open at 4 p.m. This year we have a lot of acts this year. And Dewey is actually doing the visual storytelling. Workshop for us, and he's also going to be filming with our young people and just helping them grasp that whole piece with film. How are we going to get more of our young people doing into film? I mean, because you said you watch Malcolm X, you're watching all of these great movies coming up. Something snapped in you. How can we get our children something snapped in them, and they don't just want to rap?
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I think the first thing you have to to understand is that um if you want to work in film or television, it doesn't always have to be di- directly re- related to the production. You don't have to feel like you have to be this great creative person, introduce this some of this great story. Um you were mentioning uh, engineers earlier. Um, you know, there's a place for engineering for film. Uh, you know, there's people who are interested in doing makeup. Well, TV, film, and television needs makeup artists. Uh, people interested in, in lighting and electricity and, work, and working with electricity. I mean, there's gaffers and grips who are responsible for lighting and, and managing light uh, 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 electric feeds for for lights and cameras and anything else that. You may need um, set designers, um, uh, costume designers. And so there's a place, uh, filmmaking isn't just about a director and a producer and a writer, even though that's monumentally important. But, you know, uh, cinematographers is a big thing. You know, Howard University uh, is known for cranking out uh, great cinematographers. Um, uh, Brad Young, um, Hans Charles, um, you know, these are, great cinematographers that, you know, are part of a legacy um, going back uh, several years um, and that includes Holly Karima. Um, and so, you know, I'm proud of that legacy too and, and hope to you know further it more as a director and a writer and just an overall storyteller. Um, and let me also just say, you know, uh, you mentioned that you hope The Runaways was out right now. I'll be honest with you. I wish it was too because that means we would have raised the money for it and we would to go. So, uh, you know, right now, you know, we're in the midst of a, a fundraising and raising money for the movie. Um, and so if anybody's interested in learning more about the movie, um, they can look us up on Facebook at uh, The Runaway Short Film um, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at The Runaways underscore DK. Um, and, yeah, and you, you, don't have to, um, you don't have to just think filmmaking is just about creativity. You know, it, there's a place for a lot of different people, and it puts a lot of people to work
0: yeah it does put a lot of people to work. That's true. Um, I'm just gonna to have to say I'm very grateful for what you're doing you know in terms of this great film that you're putting together for the um teen community and abroad um having this conversation with them this is This is yet again another very important conversation. You know that we must have with our teens and opening the door, please support, support, support the runaways, as Dewey said, he's in the process of trying to get money to bring this film alive, you know, where all of us are actually watching this film um at some point, and we're bringing our youth out, we're bringing our youth groups out and now. Youth mentor groups and all of these little youth groups that we do that don't talk about domestic violence. We got all these little youth groups floating around and don't none of them talk about the violent home that our little babies and teens are living in each and every day while we sound asleep. Every second step, every seven seconds, somebody is being hit over the top of the head with a word or a pot or a gun or a knife. You know, and our babies are witnessing what's happening in their household. We got all these fabulous youth groups that don't talk nothing about what they're actually going through and living and where they actually came from, you know. And that's, that's why this film is so important. So do as my brother Dewey is saying and definitely look it up on Facebook. Repeat that information again, Dewey.
2: Sure. Um, you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, just search The Runaways Short Film, um, and you can like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at therunaways_dk. underscore DK. Um, and we're also on YouTube under Team The Runaways. And you can find Survivor Stories on YouTube as well under uh, Team T-E-A-M, The Runaways.
0: Yes, and the Survivor Stories, Queen is going to post those on her wall here tonight. I'm just certainly glad that you decided to join us tonight, Dewey, and talk with us about the film. and You know, just getting the community ready, getting us, you know, familiar with, with what's out there, what we can help participate on, because I'm sure everybody, of course, who follows domestic violence, with think organizations, you know, want to try to be a part of whatever. Um, especially when I do the interviews, you know, and they, they get to hear your voice and really see okay well wow this is something that that we need in our community and which is the same thing you're going to be doing for us at the teen talent showcase you're going to actually have your table set up there um and be talking more about the runaways and everything that you know you're trying to do with the film we just support you on everything that you're trying to do with the film um and we thank you for chiming in with us tonight to do the interview
2: Uh, Absolutely. You know, I I thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate the great work you do, Queen. Uh, You know, you're really invested in the community, um, and there's not many out there that are as authentic as you are. Um, And so I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, You know, and I look forward to uh, working with you um, coming up.
0: All right. Thank you so much for chiming in. Look, this is important, 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 What? our brother and sister have talked about here tonight in terms of February being Teen Dating Balance Awareness Month. If we want to see this film come up next year in February 2017 for Teen Dating Balance Awareness Month, all of us can be a part by going and doing exactly what Dewey said, looking it up, the Runaway Short Film on Facebook, Reading up on it, you know, making your candid donations towards the film. All amounts will help get the film up and ready to go. Um, I'm a shadow partner in the film, Domestic Balance Ways, Mini tax organization is a shadow partner um, of the film because we we we're supporting him and Tia on this because we want this to to get out. We want we want to have this conversation. Without you and to put the visual behind it, it's going to be great. For it's going to penetrate so many youth. It's going to bless their hearts. They're going to be crying and everything because they're going to love this film. They're going to love this film because it's actually telling what they may be going through. It's actually actually telling something that a friend of theirs could be familiar with. And I always tell you guys, if you want to brand your business, if you want to brand your business, if you want to start a film, if you want to start something, you know, if you want to get your business out there, make the teen community. Cater to the teen community because they can brand you better than you going to pay somebody money to brand you. These young people on Facebook, they on Instagram, they on email, they on their phones, texting. Their conversation, word of mouth, is just extravagant the way that they can brand whatever it is that you're doing. So I'm just saying, get involved with the film, okay? Um, and, 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 again, Queen is going to post the survivor stories on my wall. I want you to review all four of the survivor stories that Dewey did, you know, in part of The Runaway, you know, telling these stories of women who have triumphed over domestic violence. And, of course, um, Domestic Violence Wears Many Tags was assistant producer on that. We helped, you know, supply the story for um, the survivor story. Okay. And that was just great of him to reach out for us to help him do that. I mean, any other thing that we can do in the community together, anything that Domestic Violence Wears Many Tags does, you know, you are always a part of anything that we do. We love your support. We can't have these hard conversations without you. We need you here on the talk shows, in person, at the community events, on the telephone, on your text message, Twitter. We need you everywhere talking about domestic violence, where's where many tags, and how we are not afraid to have the conversations that most people don't know how to have or don't want to have, Okay. So we definitely appreciate your support. Queen of C truly loves everybody who's in. If you are in a domestic violence relationship, or you know somebody that's in a domestic violence relationship, and you you're not sure you 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 want some you want to consult you want you want more information, you can reach out to of course the national hotline for domestic violence one eight hundred seven nine nine SAFE one eight hundred seven nine nine SAFE, or of course you can contact Queen of C directly at 202-821-8933, 202-821-8933. And domestic violence, we is helping three groups. We're helping teens, we're helping women, and we're helping men. We're helping men, women, and teens that are both victims and or abusers of domestic violence. Because like I said, we're not going to end domestic violence until, until we start having conversations with the abusers. We got to get the abuser educated. We got to get the abuser talking. We got to get the abuser feeling. We got to get the abuser seeing where they have come from in domestic violence situations. This is how we put the two of them together. We put the victim education and the abuser education together. we going to end domestic violence. We're going to end it. There's no doubt in my heart that we're going to end it because I'm a victim as well as an abuser of domestic violence, and I have education on both. I share my story about both, and it has helped me triumph over domestic violence, which it can do the same thing for others, you know. So um, I definitely wanted to put that out there as well. You can reach me on Facebook, Q-U-E-E-N-A-F-I, all one word. And, of course, you can reach me on Twitter at Q-U-E-E-N-A-F-I, all One Word on Twitter as well. I'm everywhere you're at. um. So definitely don't be a Look, if it's one person, you say, look, I know I can ask Queen. And when I ask her, she's going to tell me the truth. Okay? So just always remember that. I thank you for chiming in tonight. Do me a favor and tell somebody domestic balance wears many tags. And I want you, my brothers and sisters, to go in peace and love. Go in peace and love. Thank you for chiming in tonight. Peace and love, my brothers and